Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Our hearts are filled with joy that you have sustained us, you have kept us, you have built us, you have strengthened us, you have healed us, and from January to December, your presence has been with us. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we prepare our hearts to enter the new year, your strength, your purposefulness, your call will drive us. In Jesus' name, Amen. It is also true that some people 2019 has not been so so gracious but you've made it and that alone is worth thanking God for. Uh, the topic I have chosen to address should not be new to you. I'm calling it praying into God's call for your life. Praying into God's call for your life. One of the greatest challenges we have as human beings is that we do not pray because we do not know how to pray, when to pray. What to pray about? In Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, the scripture says that the Spirit helps our infirmities, our weakness. Because we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit, with groans which cannot be uttered, he makes intercession for us. And he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for us according to the will of God. If heaven recognizes that we need help in prayer, then we really need help in prayer. Sometimes our challenges, we, we, we don't know when to pray. Look at Peter. The night he needed prayer most 
he was sleeping. And Jesus confronted him in Matthew 26 from verse 41. Why, why are you sleeping? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You need to watch and pray. But above all, our main challenge is what should I pray about? I, I don't need anything. But why should I pray? I don't feel like praying. This evening, I want to convince you that the area which should receive the greatest attention for prayer in your life is God's purpose, God's call upon your life. Number one, God's call for you to be like Jesus. For many of us, life is humdrum. You know, I've looked at uh, the suicide rates in the world. And I was pleasantly surprised to see Africa at the bottom. Despite our poverty, suicide is not our problem. Some of the poorest countries in the world are the least prone to suicide. But the truth is, every thinking being as himself. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing here? Where did I come from? Where am I going from here? And the answer to that question opens you up. First of all, to what God wants for every child of His. And secondly, to what God wants for you as an individual. And thirdly, for what God wants for the church. These are the three areas I want to address. Specifically for you, God is determined that you should be like Jesus. According to Romans 8.29 Him who God those people God foreknew knew in advance He predestined that they should be conformed to the image of His Son so that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 
29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Heaven can never rest until you are like Jesus. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, the scripture says, Beloved, see what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. And his children we are. The world doesn't know us because it doesn't know our Father. We ourselves are not sure what we shall be. But we know that when we see Jesus, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And anyone who has this hope in himself, purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. The goal of all Christianity is that you should be like Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 says, Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 13 says, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building and the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and to maturity, even the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Every apostle, every prophet, every evangelist, every pastor and teacher, the major job is to make sure you are like Jesus. In Galatians 4.19, Paul says, My little children in whom I travail, till Christ be formed in you. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible says, We all, with unveiled faces, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are being changed into the same image from one degree of glory to another by the Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, 22. He says, this is why you have been called. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. He says, be imitators of me, just as I am of Christ. And you can name it. So many passages, First John chapter 2, verse 6. He says, anyone who says he abides in Christ should walk as Jesus walked. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. He says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Fixing your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our calling. The scripture is very clear that God wants you to be like Jesus. Anything less than that, you have not arrived. You want to know what to pray about? Pray about your Christ-likeness. 
cry to heaven about your Christ likeness. You need to build a vigorous prayer life that resembles that of Jesus. Number two, gifts and calling. In addition to the general purpose of God that we should all be like Jesus, there is a specific individual call of God upon the heart and life of every individual that comes to this earth. And in Romans chapter 11 verse 29, the scripture says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind. Romans 11 29 For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 the scriptures tell Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you came out of your mother's womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. In John chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to bear witness to the light. The true light which lights every man was coming into the world. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. In fact, Luke 1.15 says, He will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 explains that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when Jesus came on this earth, John 4.34 says, He said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and finish his work. John chapter 5 verse 19 He says the son can of himself do nothing But what he sees the father doing Anything the father does He shows it to the son And the son does likewise John chapter 6 verse 38 He said I came To this earth Not to do my own will But the will of the one who sent me John 9 4 Jesus said we must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day Night is coming when no man work. In John 17 4, the night Jesus was arrested, he said, Father I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. You see every human being has a tag of your purpose on your chest as you come out of your mother's womb. God is not confused. He said in Isaiah chapter 46 verses 9 and 10 that I tell the end from the beginning and my purpose will stand. So when you are born, there is specific work for you to do. You must, and you must finish that work 
This is the reason Paul could say in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 that I fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And to me now is laid the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not to me only, but they, those who have loved his appearing. Since, since you don't know God's call on your life, how can you finish? How can you finish? And a lot of us spend time praying about unnecessary things. You see, because the purposefulness is defined by God's call on your life. It is that which, which determines your goals, your ambitions, your, your dreams in life. Did I say determines? Should determine. It should determine the person you marry. You see, John 20, 21, Jesus said, just as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Every Christian, you are sent. You are sent. Even if you don't feel it, or you don't shake, cha, 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 it doesn't mean you are not sent. Jesus said, just as the Father sent me, so send I you. You need to wake up to the fact that I have been sent to this earth. I have come for a purpose. There is a reason which should drive my understanding, drive everything I do. And I need to finish the work for which God sent me into this world. Our prayer should be consumed by this purposefulness. You see, the, 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 the reason is that if you are not prepared to die, you cannot fulfill God's call on your life. If you, you can read for us Acts chapter 20, from verse 22 to 24. Acts 20, 22 to 24. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. In every city, the Holy Spirit warns me prison and hardships are going to face you. However, However I consider my life worth nothing to me. I consider my life worth nothing to me. There are certain things more important than life in the own. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. What, what, what is the use of living to become a 150 year old fool who never did what God sent you to do? Jesus was only 33 and a half when he was crucified, but he has been the most successful person who has ever lived. It's 2,000 years after Jesus died and rose from the dead. And he is still ruling the world. 33% of all human beings on earth claim to be Christians. You say it's nominal. What about the Muslims? They are still there are nominal Muslims. So you, you listen to that. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So, none of these things move me. I don't count my life as dear to myself so that I can finish the task.
some Christians wonder why they are not fruitful as Christians. You must die. John chapter 12, verse 24, 25, he says that except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. John 12, 24, 25. Yes. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Yes. The man who loves his life will lose it. The man who loves his life will lose it. Anyone who loves his life will lose it. You will lose it. Anyone who loves his life will lose it, says Jesus. It's your word against his. You can have your opinion, but you will know soon who is right. It will not be long. While the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's the truth. You see, many of us, you know, we hesitate, struggle. Say, oh, I don't want to give my life to Jesus. Oh, if I am Lord, I know if I say I will save you 100%, you will say I should be a missionary to Congo. I don't like that. I don't And we, we, something in us tells us that we know what is good for us better than God. And he had better mind his business. His business is that he who loves his life will lose it. He who loses his life will save it. In Mark chapter 8, verse, let's read the verse 35, 36. Mark 8, 35, 36. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. You see, those who wrote the Bible heard Jesus well. They heard him well. They heard him well. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world? Yet for feet is soul. There are certain things more important than life. And one of them is to fulfill God's call on your life. Yes. You need to dedicate yourself to do why God sent you to this earth. At the end of the day, you look back and thank God that you yielded. Because that is God's best plan for you. You know, I had a lady in our church who walked up to me at the end of the year like this. That, Pastor, I've given Jesus an ultimatum. I want to marry. I want to have a child. Therefore, next year by this time, if I know he doesn't give me a husband, I will advise myself. So, and of course, when you are a pastor, you hear this, you feel threatened. So I preached with all my heart that year. At the end of the year, no man came. No marriage. No pregnancy. And she walked out of the church. She found a man. She became pregnant. The fifth month of the pregnancy, she died. 
And because she didn't want me to punish her, she left the church. So, there was no church to bury her. So the unbelievers gathered around her, poured alcohol on her, you know, operated upon her their own way, removed the child, buried her with the dead child. After five months, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 25 says, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 25. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. When God is most stupid, he's wiser than the greatest wisdom you can accumulate. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. When he is most weak, even in that state, he's stronger than any United Nations army you can gather. You know, I say this because when we talk about purposefulness in the church, a lot of church members just listen and smile. Because they have their own agenda. And they know that, oh, what's for pastor? Leave these pastors. They will always, you know, they will always say such nice things. Leave them. As for me, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to announce to you at the beginning of 2020 that the foolishness of God is wiser than your greatest wisdom. When God looks most stupid in what he is doing, even that is wisdom. It says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. You see, I think it's Proverbs 28, 26. He says, the one who trusts in his own wisdom, even the, a fool, there's more hope for a fool than him. Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in himself is a fool. Thank you. Thank you very much. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. You, these things need to whip your heart to enter 2020 on your knees. Tell God I surrender. I don't know what is in 2020, but I know you. And you rule 2020. When Jesus came to this earth, Philippians 2 5 to 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, made himself nothing, and took upon himself the form of a bond slave. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9 says, though he was a son, he learned obedience. You see? These days, that's the word Christians don't want to hear. 
You see, you have to. You, are, you cannot be bigger than Jesus. If you are bigger than him, he cannot save you. Because he is able to save to the uttermost those who obey him. He himself learned obedience. You don't want to obey. No. Me, I don't like people commanding me like that. No, no, no. Don't tell me. Don't, don't, don't talk to me like that. Really? Really? The one who is saving you was obedient to the point of death. Do you think you can make it with that lifestyle? You need to go back and sit down till Christ be formed in you. And for many of us, because we cannot yield to God's master plan for our lives, we flounder. You do a lot of things in this life and you look back and you have just given birth to whirlwind. You need to pray about this. You need to seek God's face so that he will show you what he is doing with your life. He says a man's way is not in himself. So it is difficult for the man to determine where he's going. That's what I want. Proverbs 20:24. Yes. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. Yes. How then can anyone understand his own way? A man's steps, <laughs> they are governed by the Lord. How can he understand his way? Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23. Jeremiah 10 23 at this point. I know Lord that a man's life is not his own and it's not for man to direct his steps. You see, God knew the end from the beginning. He wanted to use Moses to bring Israel out of Egypt and send Israel to the promised land. So what does he do? He sends Moses to the house of Pharaoh for 40 years. Why? To bring Israel out of Egypt. Only somebody who has stayed in the Manshia palace and knows the intricacies of the palace and the government of the Ashanti nation can handle it. So Moses grew 40 years in the palace as a son of Pharaoh's doctor. But his school was not finished. He needed to learn how to be in the wilderness. So, you know, he felt it was time to deliver Israel. So he killed an Egyptian. And with that, he fled to Midian. And he was in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because God knew after bringing Israel out of Egypt, they would be in that wilderness for 40 years. Therefore, Moses was 80 before his classroom was over. 
and God called him. Come, I want to send you. And we said, no, 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 don't do that to me. I've killed somebody in Egypt. You want to send me there? Send somebody else. And it took God time to convince Moses that this is why I sent you to this earth. I've actually been waiting to prepare you like this. Because the Israelites, the foot soldiers alone, were 603,000. So if each person was married, they're talking about 1.2 million people. If each of them had two children, you are talking about 2.4 million people. And they didn't count those above 60 years. So, you know, you are talking about a, 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 a crowd of like 3 million people. How can you bring 3 million people out of Egypt and you wouldn't confront Pharaoh? You don't mean it. So he stayed there for 40 years. So he was the only person who could handle Pharaoh. But as Dadaba prepared in Pharaoh's house, he would be useless in the wilderness. Even if Israel is allowed to go. If you haven't played football before, how can you be a captain of a football team? So he stayed in that wilderness 40 years. Because God knew Israel would be in that wilderness 40 years. And they needed somebody who has mastered the wilderness like the back of his hand. God knew Moses would never get to Canaan. He didn't send Moses to Canaan. But God knew Joshua would go to Canaan. So Joshua was among the 12 spies sent to spy Canaan for 40 days. Because God knew he would be sending Israel there. He had to go and spy the land. are you saying? There is no mistake in your life. Your parents have been calculated. The color of your face, your height, your sex, your acumen, the talents given to you, everyone, you have been intricately woven in your mother's womb. There is nothing about you that is a mistake. In fact, in Acts chapter 17, all the way from verse 24, he argues from the, up to verse 27 that even where you are born, the time you have been born, geographically, ethnically, all those things have been calculated so that you will seek God and find Him. You can mess up if you don't want to yield to God's call on your life. Remember, you will be judged for it. Remember, the gifts and talents he has put into you were for fulfilling a purpose. Therefore, if you cooperate with him, he, he will make you find the resources you need on the road. If God sends you to Takradi and you say, yes, sir, when you get to Cape Coast, you will meet your wife. Or husband there. You see? And when you you get to um, Takradi and the police block the road and say they won't allow you, you can take your mobile phone and call heaven. Why? 
Because they sent you there. They will clear the route for you. But if they send you to Takradi and you are on the way to Kumasi and the police stop you, you can't call anybody. Who sent you there? Many of us lack authority in our lives because the hand of God is not upon your life for what you are doing. If you are doing what God sent you to do, there is a certain confidence, a certain boldness, a certain courage which accompanies you as you sail through life, which does not come when you are not doing what God wants you to do. You better think about these things and pray about them. My final point is the church. The church of God. We are in very critical times and no church member can afford to be casual, to be ordinary. Why? I'm going to give you four reasons. The first is that for the first time since the world began, Africa has overtaken Europe and Latin America to be the continent with the largest number of Christians in the world. Last year alone, 2018, Africa added 50 million new Christians to the church. You know, Christianity was in Europe Europe was the leading continent for Christianity for 1,000 years. And what did they do with it? They sent missionaries to Ghana to die here. You see, they built Bible colleges. They gave us the reformation. They, they took advantage of the fact that Christianity was with them. Now they've lost it. They have over 130 million agnostics. The average age in the UK of church attendance is 69. My wife and I were in Aberdeen and we met a youth leader who was 60 years old. So we said, oh, how come youth leader are 60? He said, I was a youth leader when there were youth in this church. And as the years passed by, the youth left. And I'm still the youngest in the church. He was 60 years old. And Canada has announced that within the next 10 years, 9,000 Canadian churches are closing. In America, on the average, between 6,000 and 10,000 churches are closing every year. Our last born is in Australia. And he rang us recently. His, the largest auditorium in the University of Melbourne was filled with these professors, intellectuals. And the theme was the church has failed. They caught a bishop sleeping with children and they took him to court and jailed him. And all 
the academia came and said, the church has failed us. I was coming back from Thailand with an American Christian beside me. And as we spoke, he started weeping. He said, you know, JFK, I left the Orthodox churches because I wasn't growing. And I went into a Pentecostal church. And the pastor announced that God had put a special burden on his heart to disciple teenagers. So I sent my child, my son, and I started noticing that he was becoming queer and behaving strangely. But it took me one year to find out that the pastor was homosexing my son. And not only my son, all the parents who sent their children for discipling, the pastor was homosexing them. When I heard it, I didn't know whether to kill myself, to go and shoot the pastor, to kill my son. And he started weeping in the plane. The church has failed. Ghana is 70% Christian. But look at the country. No Christian can sit down now because the church you see, Ghana is talking about a national shrine with a national mosque side by side with a national chapel. Because Africa is not sure which religion they should follow. They invite the Nawulome to Paulai Basin and the Muslim Imam to pray and the Catholic priest to come and pray Independence Day because Ghana is not sure the 70% Christians on this country have not convinced Ghana that Christianity is worth following But that's not all. The unreached people groups. As I speak now, 42% of all the ethnic groups on this earth have never, have unreached. When we say they are unreached, it means they have less than 2% evangelical Christians. And they don't have enough resources to evangelize their people. Eight out of ten Buddhists, Muslims, and um, Hindus have never seen a practicing Christian with their eyes from the time they are born till the time they die. They have never seen one. And it is 2,000 years now since Jesus said, go, make disciples of all nations. But we are all so busy about ourselves and our programs and our vision and our dreams that even if we are given another 2,000 years, we can't finish this work at this pace. Normally, 
when the new year is coming, everybody is in quiet. They are only waiting for 12 o'clock. Immediately, it's 12 midnight. But heaven is not excited. In Luke chapter 13, I want us to read it. Luke 13. From the 6 to 9. 6 to 9. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit this year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Look, look at the pronouncement of heaven over somebody's life. You know, heaven has been coming, looking at your life, Searching for fruit. This is not a parable by Paul. This is Jesus. So no amount of grace can cancel this passage. Yes, it's Christo apostolic. Jesus inspects fruit from your life. According to John chapter 15, verse 2, he says that. Any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, the Father cuts it off. John 15, 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. He says, you did not choose me. I chose you. John 15, 16. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, that your fruit will last. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Many of us make light of the call of Christianity and the call of God upon our lives. You see, Matthew 22, verse 5, when the king prepared his, his, his dinner and he sent the those who have received the invitation card, he sent people to invite them. And the Bible says they made light of it. It's 22, Matthew. That's the King James Version, but this is uh, NIV. This is but they NIV. paid no attention. Yes, they paid no attention. You can give us the King James Version. And went off. You can give us the King James Version too. Yes, I like this one. New King James Version says, but they made light of it. And when they are ways, you see, many of us make light of the fact that you are a Christian. You see, you make light of it. You have more important things to do. Therefore, the call of God upon your life is not anything you want to. 
You know, I was listening to Bonke's last message. Evangelist Brian Bonke, who died last week. And it was a warning from Luke chapter 13, verse 23 and 24. Luke 13, 23 and 24. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Will many people be saved? Jesus said that's not the issue. <laughs> that's not the issue. That's not the issue. Whether many will be saved or few will be saved depends on the effort, striving. You see, because many people will 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 will, will want to go in, but they will not be able. On a typical day when Hearts and Kotoko are playing, you go in a t-shirt because you know it will be torn. Because at the gate, you know, one of my church members, she is a lady. That's how she got a, a husband. She, Kotoko was playing Hearts at the Kumasi Sports Stadium. And she, she couldn't enter, so she went and climbed the flood gate, the flood lights. She climbed it to the top there to watch the match. And somebody says, she a lady and he married her. <laughs> you see, Jesus is, people are saying, will many people be saved? Many people go to heaven. That's not the issue. It's for people who strive. You see, you have, there must be an effort. Many of us confuse grace with effort. We think grace means just sitting down. But the apostle of grace in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9 and 10, he said that I am the least of the apostles not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But his grace towards me I didn't spend it in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all. Yes. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Yes. And His grace to me was not without effect. Thank you. No. I worked harder than all of them. 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 I worked. I am under grace, but I worked harder than all. Who told you that grace means you should just sit down? What do you mean? Are you the person who invented the word? Yet not I. But the grace of God that was with me. You see, First Timothy chapter four, verse fourteen and fifteen says, "Neglect not the gift of God that is in you. Do not neglect your gift. Yes, which was given you through a prophetic message. Neglecting the gift means you, you have no time for it. You are not bothered by it. You say, "Oh, God has given me a gift. Leave me. I'm busy." Yes, neglect, neglect not the gift of God which is in you. Yes. When the body of elders lay their hands on you, be diligent in these matters. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself to them. Give yourself wholly to them. Yeah, give yourself wholly. Give yourself wholly. Give 
yourself holy. Give yourself, give yourself holy. Hebrews, uh, uh, Romans 12, 1 says, Present your body as a living sacrifice. So that everyone may see your progress. 2 Timothy 1, 6 says, Stir up the gift of God. Fan it into flame. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Fan into flame. You know, they use a Greek word anazopureo. And that is the bellows which the goldsmith uses to blow the coals so that they are quite hot. He says the gift of God in you. Not only should you neglect it, you should fan it into flame. How can you spend the whole year? You have had no time for the gift of God he gave you. Because you are busy. Busy about what? You see? Busy about what? Busy watching Manchester United play. Busy. Busy. Be busy. Be busy. There is a time when you will understand what it means to have your ladder leaning against the wrong wall. You will understand that. What are you busy about? What are you busy? What are you so busy about? You see? What are you so busy about? You will not live forever. One day, one day, you will give account of the time God gave you. Then you will see what busyness means. You will be busy giving account. Yes, because it should be in your diary. Hebrews 9.27 He says it is appointed unto man once to die. But after that, there is judgment. You have an appointment. Put it in your diary. You can dodge everything, but that appointment, you cannot dodge it. Just as man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. Hebrews 9.27 So, when we have a prayer meeting, People pray about everything. One lady, you know, I nearly got up and carried her at my back. She said, now, I've stopped going to have all night to pray for a marriage partner. And I said, sister, you are wise. He told me this within three months. God gave her a husband. You want to have an all night praying for your future partner. You are busy. You are busy. You know, we, 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 when we have a prayer festival, one of the things we should ask ourselves is, are we praying right? Are we praying for the things we ought to pray about? When you call a prayer meeting, only women and children come because the men are busy. But First Timothy 2, 8 says, I want men everywhere to pray and lift up holy hands. Prayer is a man's thing, not a woman's thing. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer you without know, anger or disputing. The idea that, oh, women, they pray. Oh, these women, they pray. The Bible says, no. It's men who pray. Jesus prayed. 
Jesus prayed. Mark 1.35. And in the morning, rising up a long while before day, Jesus went to a solitary place and there he prayed. Luke chapter 6 verse 12 and 13. In those days, Jesus went to the mountains to pray. He continued the whole night in prayer to God. Luke chapter 5 verse 16. He said, Jesus often withdrew himself to pray. Luke chapter 11 verse 1 and 2. And in those days, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Master, teach us how to pray. As, even before asking questions in Luke chapter 9, from verse 18, Jesus prayed before he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? You know, when you read Matthew and Mark and even John, you think that the Holy Spirit just descended on Jesus. But no, if you read Luke, he tells you in Luke chapter 3, verse 22-23, that all people were baptized. When Jesus, after his baptism, was praying, heaven opened. That's what the scripture says. Look at the transfiguration. Matthew, Mark, they all tell us that Jesus went to the mountains and his face was changed. But Luke 9, 28-30 says, while Jesus was praying, his face changed. It's Jesus who told us in Luke 18.1 Men ought always to pray and not to faint. If you are getting by as a Christian without prayer, you are in slippery places. Your life is traveling on an iceberg. You see? You have to wake up for 2020. You have to build a prayer life which is your own life of prayer of intimacy with God, of finding time to take hold of God so that God can speak to you, that God can draw close to you in life, that God can be your God and travel with you. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 from verse 7, he says, the things which were gained to me, I count them lost that I may gain Christ. And I count all of them rubbish for the surpassing wealth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things Philippians 1.21 he said for me to live is Christ Galatians 2.20 he said I have been crucified with Christ no longer I will live it's Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I'm saying Paul did not walk with Jesus while he was on the earth Paul met Christ way five years, four or five years after Jesus resurrected and left. But he got it. The most important thing in life is Jesus. It's Jesus. You need to lay hold of him. You need to build your life like his life. You need to use his wisdom to live in 2020. Just been trying to tell you there is a specific job which only you can do for God. The gifts, the talents, the abilities, charismatic and ministerial operational gifts that God has given you are for a purpose. And that unique purpose is such that you have to give yourself wholly to the gift in order to fulfill that call. And be able to tell God the day you put your two feet into a coffin. Father, I finished. I finished the work you gave me. Thank you. Moreover, 
Africa must get up. I'm glad that the last person to help Jesus with the cross was an African, Simon the Cyrene. When Jesus was torturing under the cross, he carried the cross, the last lap of Jesus' life. Fortunately, the baton for Christianity in the world has been handed to Africa. This is the last lap. Let us finish. Shall we be on our feet? you to begin by talking with God. Talk, talk with the Lord about your personal striving to be like Jesus. Speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. If you are here, you have never given your life and heart to Jesus as Lord and personal Savior, and you want to meet him, you want to know him, you are free to come forward while the others are praying, so that we can pray with you. If you are here, you want to have an encounter with Jesus, you want to meet Jesus personally, you are not sure you are a son of God, you are not sure your sins have been forgiven, you are not sure you can call God Abba Father, you are not sure that Jesus lives in your heart, I want you to be bold, just come forward, we will pray with you. We want to give your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and receive him as your personal savior. Feel free to come forward. Yes. You are here. You want to give, you want to meet Jesus. You want to encounter Jesus. Not because your parents say go to church, but because you yourself, you want to know Jesus for yourself. Yes. Just come forward. Come forward. You are not sure that Jesus is your Lord. You are not. You are just not sure that if you die tonight, you will go to heaven. You are not sure that you can call God Abba Father. You are not sure that Jesus lives in your heart. If you are here, your main challenge is you are not sure. Yes. Even if you have accepted Jesus many times, but still you are not changing. You see that ah, this Jesus, he changes people. But I have accepted him, but I don't see anything in my life. Yes, I want you to come forward. Just take the step and come forward. It's the biggest decision you can ever take. To meet him, to know him, to love him. Yes. Those behind, I want you to spend time praying that 2020 pray into the year that it will be a year when your hunger and thirst to be like Jesus will be increased it will be infinite you will hunger after Jesus you will thirst after Jesus raise your hands and close your eyes the Bible says that if you confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead we shall be saved because with your mouth you make confession to salvation and with your heart you believe for righteousness so say it after me 
These are my words I'm teaching you, but they are your words because you mean them. You are not only saying the words for me, you are saying them because you want Jesus to come into your heart. So say it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but you came to die for my sins. From today, I open my heart to you. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and my personal Savior. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Wash my sins with your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a new person. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing me. Yes. Now I am praying for you. Father, your word says, as many as received him, who believed in his name, you gave them power to become children of God. You gave them authority the right to become children of God. Even as these have yielded their hearts, they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. Right now, I ask Father that a transformation be given to them, that an impact be given to them, that they may have an encounter with heaven in the name of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus will wash, will wash, will wash every sin, yes, in the name of Jesus, and that the spirit of the living God will break the hand of the enemy over their lives and give them power to be transformed and authority to become children of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you are here, and as I spoke, you know that you have been fighting with God. He has been trying to tell you something about your life. And you, were, you, you have been busy saying, no. No. You have been busy trying to let God see that you are wiser than he is. Or, you your problem is not that you have been rebelling. Your challenge is just that. You don't know what he really wants you to do on this earth for him. And this evening, you want to step forward and say, I surrender. You want to step forward and say, I surrender. This new year, which is coming 2020, all I am, all I have, all I ever hope to be, I want to yield to you. 100% take my life. Let it be yours. Do what you want to do with my life. If you are here like that, I want you to quickly step forward and tell Jesus, that's it. I surrender. I am here to say, have your way. Yes. Just step forward me, say, I surrender. Yes. 
have your way in my life. Do what you want to do with my life. Yes, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Yes, anything you want to do with my life, take me. Take all of me. Yes, my will, my emotions, my mind. Yes, my ambitions. Lord, I am ready. I'm not going to tell you what to do with my life. You bought me with the blood of Jesus. I am here. Take all. Take all. Take me. Yes, I surrender. Spirit of the living God. But we are going to pray into 2020. We are going to pray into the new year. We are going to tell God that never before have you served in this way. And that this coming year is you are you, you want to you want him to give you an insatiable hunger and thirst for him that will keep you seeking him looking for him crying after him in your spirit man until the year is over that nothing will distract you that your focus will be on Jesus and that the reason for which he sent you into this world you are going to fight to make sure that you, you, you lay hold of it and if there is anything else you want to tell the Lord about 2020 I invite you now because we are together Jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name there am I in the midst of them in his presence now prayer is more powerful Yes, because we are together. So I want you to speak to the Lord about 2020. Talk to Him. Talk to Him about 2020. Yes, you, you, as you enter the new year, speak to Him. This is a prayer festival. I want you to cry to Him. I want you to shout to Him. I want you to, 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 to pour your soul before Him. Yes, talk to Him. Pray to Him. Yes. He says, ask you will receive. He says, seek, you will find. He says, knock, the door will be open. Anyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. Anyone who knocks to him, the door is open. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. I want you to talk to the Lord for 2020. Yes, yes, speak to him. Speak to him. Some of the things which have happened this year, you don't want them to happen next year. You talk to him, speak to him, talk about your family, talk about your pursuit of righteousness, talk, talk to him about his call upon your life, the areas you are deviating. Speak to him, speak to him, cry to him. Yes, yes. Allow the Spirit of God to groan through you and cry to him. 
about your family to speak to him cry from your soul to him let him know that you are calling upon him and pouring your soul before him in the name of Jesus yes yes men ought always to pray and not to faint yes yes he can change the year for you. He rules the heavens. He rules the 2020 and the years beyond. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is able to change anything. Yes, the arm that moves the universe. Cry to him. Talk to him about the new year. Yes, this is a prayer festival. Yes, 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 talk to him about your relationship. Speak to him. Speak to him about your relationship. The people you should meet. The people who have, he has placed supernaturally your way. Yes, help us. Help us. Yes, the people you, he needs to give you favor. Gifts you need from him. Yes, spiritual gifts you need from him. Ask, ask, ask. Yes. There's anyone who is hungry, thirsty, let him come and drink. Yes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be satisfied. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And these things, all these things shall be added. January 2020, February away from the midst of you. The works of your hands. The work of your hands. The work of your hands. The work of your hands. hand with me 
Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I have been crucified with you. It is no longer I who live. It's you who live in me. I enter 2020 with this assurance. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Christ in me. The hope of glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the mind of Christ. I am the body of Christ. I am one spirit with Jesus. Christ is my life. I step into the new year with the confidence that I am walking with Jesus. And that is enough for me. Father, we thank you. This, this is our declaration. In Jesus' name. Amen. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.